RS, chump. Alright, the last one was easy, but this is going off the chimney, over the fence, hit the car window, all net. Yeah, right, sure. Alright. Welcome to the Home Court Static Podcast. My name is uh, Cameron Cunningham. I'm Jackson Babbitt. Um, I was born and raised in San Antonio, and I am a Spurs fan. We've uh, we've seen a lot of good basketball in our years. We're both 23, and I don't know if you know what the Spurs streak is, but They've made the playoffs pretty much every year that we've been alive, except for this year. And it's kind of a heartbreaking moment, but, you know, hopefully we'll recover next year. For me, it's not that heartbreaking. I'm a Mavs fan. I, I just grew up watching Dirk. I like Dirk. Always been a Mavs fan. Uh, I like Steve Nash, too. Um, but today we're, we're recording this right before uh, Game 5 of the Lakers Rockets series. And... We're going to give you some of our, our takes on uh, the NBA and what's going on right now. So, uh, first of all, I want to kind of talk about the Celtics-Raptors game last night. This was a great series. Uh, I think it's really unfortunate that the Raptors weren't able to play in Jurassic Park. Uh, that really would have helped them out, and also it didn't help that Kyle Lowry fouled out. But I saw, uh, I saw on Twitter that someone, one of the reporters, was like hounding Siakam for like him being the reason why they lost the game. And I just like think that's absolute bullshit. There's no way that it's one guy's fault. But if you really want to break it down, it comes down to, with like a minute left. Uh, or maybe two minutes left. Kyle Lowry fouls out of the game. That's huge, right there. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry lost their spark. He's was the their, leader. That he's was their the energy. only. He's the only guy. And then I forget when exactly it's happening, but they get a defensive stop, and Norman Powell starts a fast break, and it's him versus like four Celtics, and I have no idea what what he was thinking. I don't know why you don't reset that. Why don't you reset the ball and set up a play? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, didn't they have, like, 45 seconds left or something like that? Yeah, like, something like that. And he just, like, goes in trying to get a foul call right. And he doesn't get a foul call because they were letting him play all game. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. Especially in a game seven, you're not going to get a call, dude. You're not going to get a call. Especially if there's four Celtics down there and you're the only dude down there. Heck no. And then on top of that, the last, the last possession, or the second to last possession for the Raptors was just crazy to me. I don't understand why Fred Van, Fred Van Fleet is walking up the court all laissez-faire, slowly getting into the offense, holding the ball, holding the ball, and then force the stupid three. That's just ridiculous. You go for the quick two, in my mind, you go for the quick two and then you foul. Because worst case scenario, you have to make a three at that point. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, you got to earn your buckets. You can't just shoot up threes. And then also today, what we have coming up is I'm going to talk to you about why James Harden is not the best scorer in the NBA. Because it's just simply not true. And and Kawhi Leonard keeps getting overlooked, and I just can't 
I just can't let this slide anymore. I can't let it slide anymore. It's starting to starting to piss me off a little bit. Is it because they of the trade from the Spurs, or what do you think the biggest factor is in him being overlooked? I think he's overlooked because he's like a Tim Duncan. He's like a guy that puts up really, 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 really good numbers, but he's not he's not cocky. He's not flashy. So like, it's not sellable to the audience. Like the audience. Yeah, sure, they'll be like, oh, shit, Kawhi's good. But, like, they're not, like, rooting for Kawhi like they're rooting for a James Harden or, like, they're rooting for a LeBron James who, like, slams it down and then gets all emotional and, like, all that stuff. But part of that, part of that is, like, why Kawhi's so great. He doesn't, he doesn't get caught up in, like, oh, I just made an awesome dunk. I need to gloat about it. He just, like, resets, gets focused, and starts playing the game again. Do you think that's part of... Um, him coming from the Spurs, do you think he obtained that from from Pop, or do you think he kind of developed him that himself? Okay, so there's no way. I think Pop has less to do with it than a lot of than a lot of people will say, but I think you can't overlook the fact that he played with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. I mean, you just can't you just can't like overlook the fact that he played with some Hall of Famers got serious insight and the, I don't know if it's necessarily pop but like the coaching staff in San Antonio obviously like helped him become a scorer because like his first couple years he like what he was like an okay shooter but now he's like I'm telling you right now Kawhi Leonard anywhere on the court boom he can hit a shot if he wants to make the shot he can hit it the difference between James Harden and Kawhi Leonard is James Harden's gonna sit there and he's gonna He's counting on the refs to bail him out. And he's looking for a way to get to the free throw line. Like, that's his MO. Not like, I'm going to put this ball, I'm going to make this shot over you type thing. I'm going to try to draw contact and try and get a foul call. Or throw up a crazy, crafty step back three. Kawhi Leonard is going to bring the ball down, look you straight in the face while you're in a good defensive stance. He's going to look straight at you, look at the hoop, pull up, and knock the shot right in your face. He's not going to be counting on the refs to make a call or anything like that. He's going to walk right up the court and score in your face. And then he's going to get back and play defense. Yeah, he'll get that block shot for sure or the steal with those long hands. So I want to get into kind of like the stats that are going on here. I feel like a lot of people are going to make the argument that like – this is just a completely out there claim to say that Kawhi Leonard's a better scorer than James Harden. But I severely disagree because you have to take into effect that Kawhi Leonard, whether you want to admit it or not, I mean, I can say this because like, I'm not a Spurs fan and I'm like not really biased, but because I live here in San Antonio, you know, I grew up, I remember watching Kawhi's first preseason game and thinking that he was special. When he was in San Antonio, whether you want to admit it or not, he was being held back. He was being held back because you know how Pop works. Pop's real strict on minutes. He's real strict on, like, egos and, like, you know, selfishness and stuff like that. And I'm not saying Kawhi's selfish. I'm just saying, like, he had to play in Pop's system the way Pop wanted him to play, not the way Kawhi Leonard wanted to play. And my, my point in that is we've only seen – like unleashed Kawhi for two seasons. 
two seasons of Unleashed Kawhi. And if you look at his stats, if you look at Kawhi Leonard's stats, you look at his first season, he only averaged 7.9 points. And he was only playing 24 minutes. And you know that Popovich wasn't letting him shoot. Because if you know anything about Popovich, if you haven't earned his respect yet, or if you haven't, like, earned the right to shoot the ball, if you shoot the ball, he's going to take you out of the game. Would you agree with that? I agree. Uh... In his second season, yeah, he's, he played a lot more minutes. He played 31.2 minutes, but only 11.9 points per game because at that point, Kawhi Leonard was just like an enforcer. He was just like a defensive guy that you threw on like a LeBron James or a KD. He wasn't necessarily a scorer yet because you have to also think about Kawhi Leonard was on a team with Tim Duncan, Monte Ginobili, Tony Parker. That's a lot of scoring, and that's a lot of touches that they need that Kawhi Leonard doesn't need. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he's like the fourth guy, maybe even lower on the pecking order. And James Harden at the beginning of his career was like the third option in, in OKC and was a scorer. Like that was that was his role. He was there to score. So obviously he's going to have better points in the beginning of his career. But as you start to get further and further down, he slowly starts to score more, but you're going to notice that, you know, he's still in San Antonio. He's still being held back, and then he gets injured. He gets injured, and, you know, that, that season doesn't really count, and there's, like, a whole season where he didn't even play. And then he gets to Toronto, and boom, it's like, finally, this is like the Kawhi Leonard that I know a lot of Spurs fans thought the Kawhi Leonard was going to become in San Antonio. 26.6 points per game with Toronto. For that season, and then this year is at 27.1. So these are the only two years that you can look at Kawhi Leonard and be like, oh, he's like allowed to do pretty much whatever he wants. He's that guy. He's the number one guy. Where James Harden's stats get like a little different is he was only in OKC for like three years. He's only in OKC for three years, and he got to break out in Houston and be the guy at Houston much longer than Kawhi Leonard's like two years outside of the San Antonio organization. Because you look at his OKC stats, and it's 9.9 .9 his first season, 12.2 his second season, 16.8 his third season, and then boom, he gets unleashed, 25 25.9, 25.4, 27.4, 29.0, 29.1, 30.4, 36.1, and 34.3 this year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, crazy. That's but that, that's what house. happens when you're finally able to do. Like you're the number one guy. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, he went from a team with three scores, huge scores, Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and him, and yeah. now he's back with Westbrook. But he's back with Westbrook. But Westbrook, like Westbrook, is like not that great of a scorer. Like he just he's kind of like James Harden, but like can't shoot the ball. He just wants the foul call. He's going to go straight at you and, like, make you make a decision. Like, I'm either going to foul him, maybe take a charge, or I'm just going to let him blow past me because I don't want to foul. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now I want to get into the postseason because a lot of people are going to talk about how James Harden's, like, crazy scorer. Well, let's talk about the postseason and how he's struggling to, like, put up shots in the postseason effectively. In the postseason – He's averaging right now 29.5, right? And then certain people have, like, looked at me, like, when I say that Kawhi Leonard's a better scorer, and they're just like, oh, man, you're crazy. 
but Kawhi Leonard's averaging in the postseason right now 29.8, which is more than Harden. He takes less threes. He takes less free throws because he's not counting on the refs to bail him out. I'm telling you, Kawhi Leonard comes down the court, he'll just pull up a jumper, swish it in your face. Sometimes it's not even that. They feed him. Kawhi Leonard will look at you, make a couple of jab steps, boom, money in your face. Also, Kawhi Leonard takes less threes, shoots a better percentage, shoots a better percentage from the field, and you know he's a better defender too. So he, he also can like steal the ball on the defensive end and then just run a fast break and score like right in your face. And the reason why I bring up the fact that he takes less threes and takes less free throws is because he takes less threes and he takes less free throws and he's still averaging more points than James Harden. His three his three point attempts, Kawhi Leonard has attempted sixty one threes this postseason. James Harden has attempted a hundred and nine threes. Are you freaking kidding me? That is a crazy amount of threes. That is like one point five much as many as many threes, right? Or it's a little bit more than that. It's like one point six. And Kawhi Leonard is still shooting at a higher percentage. And for free throws, let's look at free throws. 112 for James Harden. 87 for Kawhi Leonard. And he's still averaging. What I'm trying to say is he's still averaging more points and is a more pure scorer than James Harden. If it's a game seven, Jackson, and there's 20 seconds left on the clock, who are you giving the ball? James Harden or Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard for sure, because the last couple of games, Kawhi, I mean James Harden has proven himself that he's kind of just he just wants to make the bucket and he's not looking for the, like an easier bucket or or just passing the ball, addition it, giving his uh, his teammates an easier chance scoring. Yeah, and that's the big that's the big problem with you know Russell Westbrook. That's the problem that KD had with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They just want to get their stats. You know what I mean? It, there's a serious question as to like whether they actually want to win or not, or or if they even like have the patience to slow down their game. Because a lot of people say Russell Westbrook like won't slow down his game to like actually be effective. In James Harden's defense, Russell Westbrook has been terrible this playoffs. He has just absolutely sucked. But you want to talk about scoring when it matters. Last game, once again, we're recording this before Game Five of the Lakers Rocket series, but last game, your guy, James Harden, not your guy, but like I'm saying the Rockets guy, James Harden, twenty one points in thirty nine minutes. Now for James Harden, that's fucking shitty. That's terrible. That's a terrible stat line for James Harden. Kawhi Leonard, I feel so bad for him because he did absolutely nothing wrong last night and they still lost. The dude put up thirty six points. 36 points last night, and they still lost because for some reason the Clippers, like, they're, like, really talented, but, like, it's always – the story with the Clippers is someone on their team always, like, has a bad game. You know, they have the talent to where if they all had, like, okay games, boom, they're good. But Paul George had his struggles in the Mavs series. He's even struggled a little bit in the series, but – Last night, Lou Williams was missing gimmies. He was putting up floaters, but he's like fading and like they're going short or going right or left. And he just couldn't hit a shot last night. So here's what here's what bothers me about the media always talking about how James Harden is the best scorer. 
James Harden will have a couple really good games, right, where he drops like a bunch of points, and they'll talk about it like nobody's business. But just like Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard will consistently drop amazing numbers. But because like he does it so often, it's not like, oh, Kawhi Leonard scored this many points, you know what I mean? Because he does it so often, and he does it in the fashion that he does it, where he's just kind of like, oh, I did that, you know what I mean? That it's not like people don't get excited about it per se because it's just like what he does. Kawhi Leonard just does that, so it's not really that shocking. But like James Harden has like 50 points, like, oh shit. Also, fun fact is Kawhi Leonard and James Harden's career high in the playoffs is 45 points. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. See you in a minute, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Houston and, and Lakers matchup instead of Kawhi and Harden matchup. Um, team to team versus player to player. Exactly. So, in game one, when I, the, they first uh, set out the lineup, I wasn't too pleased that the Lakers that they went out with a smaller lineup. They weren't playing Dwight Howard. And so, and I was a little nervous for him because the, the Rockets, they score in the paint. They drive, they, they earn their buckets. And so, with a smaller lineup, it, it's actually proven to help them. They're still getting the offensive rebounds they need. They're getting their second chance points put up. Last game, they, they had 17 second chance points with their offensive rebounds. They out-rebounded the Rockets 52-26, to 26 with, even with their small lineup, and outscored them in the paint 62-24. to 24. Um, For the Lakers, their shooting percentage is way higher than the Rockets right now, and their threes have turned around. In game one, the Rockets were beating them with the threes, hitting, hitting 14 for 39, almost 36% from threes, while the Lakers hit 11 for 38, 29%. I think that was a big factor in the winning for game one for the Rockets. For the Lakers, the Lakers for on the other hand, Lakers need to keep what keep doing what they're doing on the defensive side for the three pointers. They stepped up last game and caused caused the Rockets to take hard three pointers, no open threes, which caused James Harden to drive more, which he only he only made five points besides free throws. He made sixteen out of twenty free throws with a total of twenty one points, which is um, also, the Lakers need to f- for game to win this game five. They need to keep, they need to keep in the game. They blew an eighteen to two lead in the fourth quarter, which caused the Rockets to come back within five and kind of ruin their momentum, ruin their like their team chemistry a little bit. They just weren't together we're as a whole. We're ready. Yeah, as they did in the beginning of the game, they're out dominating the Rockets in every every single way, like the last past three games. I think that's kind of like the story of these playoffs. Like teams that have, like have gotten out to like a nice, like huge first half lead have like struggled in these playoffs specifically. Like I feel like that's like just a bad thing to happen in general because then you get like overconfident and you kind of take your foot off your gas, like you say. Yeah, they gotta keep. Yeah, I agree with you. They gotta keep the foot on the gas. Yeah, or they get too comfortable and they stop really playing. They gotta realize it's playoffs. Like. They, they oh, win yeah. or go home. Oh, know. yeah, especially tonight. Yeah. Especially tonight. Tonight's a big game. 
the Rockets, they need to do what they they need to they need to do what they did in game one. They need to take the high percentage shots, not throw up ridiculous threes that they don't need. Stop stop driving when there's too many guys down the post. They need to kick it out. They need to look for open shots. Somebody's open. Oh yeah. And so and quality shots. High yeah, quality shots. Yeah, high like, I think I think personally Russ Westbrook shouldn't regardless unless it's like he knows he's gonna make it, he shouldn't be taking threes. He's shooting freaking twenty nine point two, which I point two nine two, which I mean I guess isn't that bad, but still. Like he's taking some bad three point shot attempts in this series. Yeah, and they also they got a battle for those rebounds. The rebounds is what's killing them. They're, the Lakers are kinda helping them out and playing the smaller so they have a chance like they they need in game one they they went rebound for rebound um, with the Lakers and they scored two more points in the paint than the Lakers did with 42 points so that was their kind of their biggest reason why they stayed in and they kept the lead for the Lakers they kept their turnovers low their steals were high and they were passing the ball with 19 assists oh yeah and Shooting forty eight percent, and while the Rockets or while the Lakers, excuse me, were shooting forty two percent, so they, the Rockets just need to kind of play to win. I mean, it's one or go home for them, and so they need. Oh, especially tonight. Yeah. Yeah. For, so they need to understand that and get that kind of in their head that they can't just be throwing up shots like a regular season game. Like. Oh yeah. And so. This is it. Like this could be their last game. Like. Russell Westbrook needs to understand that. I, that's the thing. Like, I don't understand. I don't know if Russell Westbrook has the maturity or even the basketball IQ to make good decisions in crunch time. Like, it's just proven, like, every year he just makes bad decisions in the playoffs, and it always costs his team. You know what I mean? Think about I, – I can't help but think, like, what is Houston thinking right now? If I'm Houston, I'm looking back at the CP3 trade and I'm like, we fucked up. We fucked up. And a lot of that has to do with Mike D'Antoni. And they're kind of like in a weird situation right now because if they want to fire D'Antoni, they're kind of screwed because like they traded away Clint Capella and they have this small ball roster to where like it's D'Antoni's system. So like another coach can't just like come in and be like, this is what we're going to do. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he built it. They're going to have to make trades or something like that. But think about if – I can't help but think, like, what if the Rockets were in this series with Chris Paul and Clint Capella instead of Russell Westbrook and Robert Covington? Because those are really, like, the key differences in the team. I think it's a way better series, and I think the Rockets severely regret the Russell Westbrook trade. Well, yeah, they, with Chris Paul, they have that, that playoff – Experience. They they have that veteran out there that kind of knows what to do in the different circumstances in the playoff se- series. You know, you get it. It's just a different kind of game. It's a tougher, more physical, slowing more exhausting. It you can slow it down. Chris Paul can slow it down. See, that's the thing. Russell Westbrook is like going 110 miles per hour all the time. Even with Harden, it's the same way. They they oh, think yeah. they have to get when they're down by two. They think they have to go up. They have oh, to yeah. shoot that three when. They there have could have to, been yeah. an easy bucket down low or a nice jumper, a mid-range jumper that they shoot well at. So uh, they have to, they kind of have to use their experience with for this game for them to be successful. If not, 
they played like they did last game. The Lakers are going to move on. and They just need to make good decisions down the stretch. It seems like that's always why they lose. It's not necessarily that they're like out of the game. It's like when it matters and they need to make a good play, something happens with Westbrook or Harden. Like even even in the OKC game seven, sure Harden got the block, but they got bailed out by Lou Dort not calling a timeout when they had two timeouts and throwing the ball out of bounds. Yeah, like just blatantly throwing it out of bounds. They got so lucky that that's what happened. Yeah, because he kind of fumbled the ball. He, he didn't I mean, realize he got his shot blocked. He could have just let the ball go out, and hopefully there would have been enough time instead of trying to do some that tricky move. He caught the ball I think with like three or like. 2.7 seconds left and he could have put up another attempt or even like there was enough space where he could have taken one dribble and tried to pull it up but also I don't think Ludor should have been taking that shot no. but how surprised were you that OKC even forced the game 7 pretty surprised I was pretty surprised but then I like thought about it a little bit and I was like you can't ever count out Chris Paul something about those Wake Forest guys oh yeah shout yeah. out Tim Duncan after that tech that Chris Paul got it kind of kind of started that man. started that gear and he just he hit that three and then he just wanted one on one. He spanked Covington. Yeah, he just wanted that one on one. So it was, I think it would be kind of a different matchup. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, when I when I saw that the OKC series went to Game Seven, I, I had a feeling that. Uh, the Rockets were gonna have trouble against the Lakers, and and the thing the thing with the Lakers is they've had a pretty easy route so far, and I feel like with the Clippers it's kind of the opposite. The Clippers have like struggled a little bit and like had to face I think better teams. I'm gonna go ahead and say better teams because they face the Mavericks are better than the Blazers and the Nuggets are better than the Rockets. I mean that's just kind of how like seeding works, but I mean the Rockets come on. Man. They don't have a center, right? And then Portland, CJ's, you know, CJ had the back thing. Dame, like, injured his thumb. Zach Collins was out. And all these things. And it's kind of like when they have to go up against the Clippers and they've been playing these teams that have a handicap, you know, like, because not having a center is a handicap for the Lakers. Not having a fully healthy roster for the Blazers is a handicap for the Lakers. Which I guess you could really say that the Clippers didn't have to go up against a full Maverick squad, but still, like, the Mavs are like a scoring machine. So, like, they still had to, like, do that, and then look at them now with the Nuggets. That's crazy. It's crazy because, like, I just feel like the Clippers are going to be way more prepared. So, last, last topic, and then we'll We'll wrap things up for today's podcast. Who do you think's taking it home this year? Let's start off with uh, conference finals predictions, outcomes, and finals predictions. All right. So first off, I think for the East side, I think Miami's gonna take it. They got the momentum. I'm almost a hundred percent sure Miami's gonna take it. I like the way Butler's playing. He's he's playing kind of like a veteran. He he. He wants like he you can see the end goal in sight and he, he wants it that you can see it oh yeah. You can see it in him. And for for the West side I think the Lakers are gonna take it. I think the, You think the Lakers are gonna take it? 
I just think they're going to overpower. I, th- I just I feel like LeBron's going to hit that fifth gear, and he's just going to want it. I mean, I mean, you can't ever count out LeBron James. But at the same time, I mean, obviously I have to say this because I just, like, massively hyped, hyped up, up Kawhi Leonard. But, I, I mean, I obviously have the Clippers because I'm not even joking. I think right now in the league there is not a better player than Kawhi Leonard. And I don't know. I just I don't think anybody on that Lakers team can stop him. Plus, they have Paul George, too. And it, their defense is crazy. They've got Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, and then you got scoring off the bench with Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. I don't know. It's going to be tough. And then Morris, man, Morris likes to get under your skin. Yeah. He likes to get under your skin. It's going to be a physical battle. I think same thing with the East Finals. I think the Celtics are probably the better team, but... Those Heat players are dogs, man. They're gonna fight. They're gonna scratch. They're gonna, they're gonna do everything they can to win. And then, if it's if it's Lakers Heat, I'd like to see LeBron James win. I think maybe the Heat could win, maybe. But Bam Adebayo is kind of undersized as a center, so I could see the Lakers winning. But if it's Clippers Heat. I got the Clips. I mean, I just don't see anybody but the Clippers winning this year. And maybe it's because I'm a Mavs fan, and I just want the Mavs to have lost to the to the champions. But like they did I got, in 2014. Yeah, like in, like in 2014. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's just who I got right now. I got to go with my guy, Kawhi Leonard. That was such a difficult series for me to watch because, like, I love Kawhi Leonard, but, like, I hated him in that series. Anything else? All right. Well, I don't know necessarily like how often we're gonna do this. We're gonna try to do it once a week, but we might miss a week here or there, and then in the off season it might get a little weird. But stay tuned. Later. All around the world. To the beach, y'all. Let's go. All around the world. Y'all know. Yeah.